0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson. Animal advocate, writer, and human companion to Max A. Pooch, canine crusader for animals and the environment. Max and I thank you for joining us, and we dedicate this episode as we dedicate every episode to those amazing people who work to save the lives and or improve conditions of companion, domestic, or wild animals. Today's guest is Vicki Price, president of Cooper's Way Gourmet Jerky Treats. Vicky had a seemingly simple objective, to find a brand of jerky treat that she felt was safe for her dog, Cooper, to eat. But, much to her surprise, she didn't find that that task was so easy. Vicky will explain what she learned about jerky treats, and then what she did about it. However, first, we need to take a break and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest today is Vicki Price, president and founder of Cooper's Way Gourmet Jerky Treats. Vicki is a great example of how a need can be channeled into a business idea that also benefits animals. Welcome, Vicky. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Oh, Thank you so much for having us, Keith. We appreciate it and helping us get the word out.
0: You know, your story is interesting. First of all, uh, can you tell us about what started you on your search for a jerky treat?
2: Cooper is a uh, rescue dog, and he means everything to me. He is also the pickiest eater you could find, and to find something that he will eat is sometimes a trial. One of the things he really loves, though, is chicken breast jerky, and so I was buying it. He was loving it, and then all the the uh, information was coming out about products that were being imported that were killing dogs. And that really raised some red flags for me. So nobody knew what was in these products that was causing um, all the problems, but I figured, okay, I'll cut him off as the turkey. Well, I noticed a big change in his attitude and his appetite, which really got difficult to work with. So I was in search of USA-made chicken breast, just plain jerky chicken breast, nothing added, no additives, preservatives, chemicals. You know, I was looking for something that wasn't processed or extruded. And I couldn't find it.
0: I first heard of that. Actually, I wrote an article. A woman from downstate Illinois had bought a jerky treat product made in China and had given it to her dog. And she claims and uh, pursued the claim that that uh, killed her pooch. So I can understand your concern.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was actually a very long search And I went to all the specialty pet stores and to the bigger box stores. And I just could not find just plain chicken breast. And then I was going to on vacation... This was just over a couple of years ago, and it was my first time away from Cooper, and I was sort of missing him, you know, putting it mildly, <laughs> and so my partner took me to all the different pet stores that were uh, in the area that we were staying in Florida and getting my pet fixes, you know, looking in all the aisles, looking for the pets to just to, to spend some time with, but I was still also looking for the chicken breast. And at one store, I could have sworn I found exactly what I wanted, and I put a five pounds of it in my carry-on luggage, and when I got home the next day, when I wasn't so tired, I looked at the label, and in tiny print, facing another direction, it said made in China.
0: Uh oh Now, why would you be afraid of something made in China, particularly a jerky treat?
2: Well, I was very concerned because of over 600 dogs that have passed away from, they're assuming the jerky there was made in China, so I was looking for the USA-made product, and even the USA-made products, I find that they chemically dehydrate and they use vegetable glycerin. And when I asked the big companies, well, why do you do this, they said, well, when you use vegetable glycerin, when you add that in, it changes the texture and makes it more palatable for the dogs. And I'm like, I've never had Cooper have any problems with eating my jerky. <laughs> and when I asked about the chemical dehydration, they said it's a very quick process because when we dehydrate, it's a, approximately a 30-hour process for each batch. And big companies don't have the 30 hours to spend to dehydrate without using chemicals. And I don't want chemicals for Cooper. You know, I just don't know what that's going to do for him. You know, We as humans, we try and buy things without chemicals. Why should I feel that it's safe to give chemicals to him? When I saw the made in China on the, um, the jerky that I bought... That sort of like was my aha moment, you might say. And I researched how to make jerky without adding anything to it. Your research?
0: Where did you find your information?
2: I uh, did a lot of research on the Internet. I went to so many different websites and uh, used different search engines, so they would take me to different places. This was about a month, actually almost two months, of just plain researching, reading everything I could about what jerky is, You know, food safety what the regulations that you need to follow when you are making jerky. So we follow all the rules and regulations, and I gave some, you know, I made it up, and Cooper loved it. And I gave some to neighbor dogs and my friend's dogs, and they absolutely loved it. And everybody was saying, you got to start a business because we can't find this either. You know, I, and I really had to do some soul-searching, and there were some issues that I had to, you know, resolve. Like, do I want to do this? Do I have the physical capacity to do this? And the answer to everything was Cooper. I do anything for Cooper. And the ironic thing is, I really don't cook, <laughs> but I'll do anything for Cooper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you you don't cook. So you started <laughs> making homemade jerky for Cooper. Okay, now Correct. Take me through. How long ago was that?
2: This was we've been in business for eighteen months, and I started just over two years ago. Okay, so two, the jerky.
0: two years ago, this lady who doesn't cook <laughs> gets a glob of meat of some kind, and, <laughs> and and take me through the process when you're doing the home cooking. That's that's amazing. Talk about yeah, dedication. Well,
2: <laughs> What I did was I went and I bought jerky racks. I looked, you know, at all the different uh, like Amazon and Overstock and all the other uh, places to buy uh, that I would have a good selection, and I saw what jerky racks are made of and what you want to look for in jerky racks and the different styles and thicknesses. So I purchased the jerky racks first and then I went to Harrison's poultry farm, which is here in Glenview, which is right by me. And they have the highest quality chicken that is available, I think, pretty much on the North Shore. And I started with 10 pounds. I already got the chicken boneless and skinless and I only use chicken breast. And When I got it home, I still retrimmed it because I wanted to make sure that there was no fat, bone, or cartilage that was present. It was 100% chicken breast meat.
0: You're there with 10 pounds.
2: (laughs) That was a small (laughs) batch. Now, was Cooper
0: waiting patiently or? Uh, Semi
2: patiently. (laughs) (laughs) He's sitting there looking at me like, this smells good. (laughs) So. I sliced it to the thickness that I thought, you know, that they recommended, and I baked it, and it was about a 24-hour bake at a low temperature. You know, I kept checking it, and when I took it out and let it cool, and I gave some to Cooper, oh my God, he was all over it. (laughs) I have never, never seen him like that before. And then I gave some to neighbor dogs and to my sister's dog and friend's dogs. And their dogs were going bonkers for it. I actually had, after a couple months of doing this, my neighbor's dog, who is a Shiba Inu, through no fault of the owner, just loves to run away. I mean, he could go under fences, jump fences. It's pretty much impossible to keep him contained. And twice I found him in my backyard.
0: Looking for your, your jerky, huh?
2: Absolutely, because as soon as I saw him and I opened the door and called him in, he comes right in and he went right to where I keep the jerky.
0: <laughs> and so then I, I had to call
2: my neighbor. The,
0: so it's through the urging and the popularity of the food. Now, what were you doing at that time? I mean, did, I assume you had a full-time job. and, and were Yes. Yeah. Well,
2: actually, I am a dental hygienist by trade. I uh, have been practicing for over 27 years full-time. But the physical aspect of it really caught up to me. I have fibromyalgia, and I just couldn't work with the, through the pain anymore. So I started in merchant services, and this has been about five years ago. And I really like working in merchant services. It's working with business owners, reducing the rates that they pay when they accept credit cards. And I liked really being an advocate for them to make sure that nobody was taking advantage of them, to make sure nobody would lie to them, promise things that they could not follow through. Because a lot of people in business, it's like, how can you really trust them? And being a dental hygienist, it's like trust and honesty is number one. And you always look out for your patient. That is like rule number one. You always do the best for your patient. And I carry that through for everything, do the best for My clients, you know, my merchants that are with me do the best for Cooper for any dog that's going to eat the jerky because I am not going to do something that's going to cause a dog to be ill. We do not cut any corners ever and we do, you know, our tagline is the way it should be.
0: Now, so you've gone through the process and you got it pretty much in your mind how to do it. What was the one thing that sort of pushed you and made that decision to start a business? Because that's, I mean, anyone who, who started the business knows that it's no easy undertaking.
2: No, I really had to do a lot of soul searching. I was speaking with a lot of business owners, small business owners. I spoke to the people at uh, the chalet who has a pet section. I was speaking to other business owners who own pet stores and to see if there's a need there, you know, because I don't want to do something that you could find. But that was the problem. I couldn't find just the plain chicken breast. My neighbors and my friends could not find just the plain chicken breast. And these business owners were also telling me they cannot find it either. They would love to have somebody that they can work with. And that, I think, pretty much took me over the edge knowing that there was so much support And so much need, because you can find the chicken breast with something added to it, but you can't find it without. And I think, you know, it's sort of like our niche. We make jerky with the shortest ingredient list. We have just the one ingredient in there and we do things the way it should be done. You know, we don't take any shortcuts or cut any corners. But yeah, I researched, It's about a month or two research, calling the village of Glenview, the um, Illinois Department of Revenue, the state of Illinois, the Department of Agriculture for Illinois, to find out what I need to do to start a business up. Because oh, the one thing I was not going to do was go under the radar. And I know a lot of the small businesses who make treats are under the radar. And I didn't want to do that because I know what my goals were. My goals were I want to make the best product possible. I'm not going to take any shortcuts.
0: Let's talk about. Didn't you have three or four things that you wanted your product to um, have? You know, I think one was you said earlier, made in the USA.
2: Yes, and were there other sourced?
0: requirements?
2: Yes, it must be sourced as locally as possible. We must use fresh, never frozen. And we always use restaurant-quality ingredients. So we source from the same suppliers that source our restaurants. And I figure if it's safe for the restaurants, that's going to be the quality that I want.
0: Okay, now you're doing this with chicken breast. Are you doing any other jerky products or just Eat. chicken breast?
2: We started with the chicken breast, and, then, and that was going so well. But I also wanted to offer different proteins because I knew that a lot of dogs have chicken allergies or sensitivities, but they also could not find a product that they felt was comfortable and safe to give their, their dogs. So we also have pork loin jerky. We use pork loin because it is the least marbled part of the pig, and we don't want to use any fat in our products. Because over time, fat turns rancid, plus it's just not good for the dog. And then we have beef heart jerky, because organ meats are really great for the dogs. They contain minerals that you cannot find in other parts of the animal.
0: Did you say uh, beef
2: heart? Correct. Yeah, okay. And then we also have sweet potatoes.
0: Hmm. All right. So... You also have some other requirements, too, that I think that, and that's giving back to the community. We need to take a break right now, but when we return, I want to talk a little bit about how you not only produce a healthy nourishing product, but what you as a business person want to do to help the community, not only shelters and rescues, but even your employees. So we'll be right back, but first we have to take a break and
1: hear from our sponsors.
0: Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest today is Vicki Price, president and founder of Cooper's Way Gourmet Jerky Treats. Like many animal advocates, Vicki needed to work for a living, but spent much of her time also volunteering and working at animal shelters before she got involved in Cooper's Way Gourmet Jerky Treats. And uh, Vicki, you want to tell me a little bit about what you did at shelters?
2: Yes. Actually, all the dogs that I have had in my life, um, I know saying owned might not be the politically correct term, but all the dogs that I've had have been rusty dogs, and I think they are just... best this is my little bias but about 15 actually over 16 years ago I started volunteering at Orphans of the Storm and that's where we got our first two dogs I just wanted to spend more time with dogs give back because our first dog he was at the shelter for six months and for no reason except he was older our second dog she was at the shelter for a year and a half and again no reason and one thing that I noticed is it's really hard for a person who doesn't know what the dog personality is about to go in and actually pick their best friend or if the dog looks really scruffy because, you know, time and staff are very limited, so they rely on a lot of volunteers. What I love to do is work with the dogs that nobody would want to take out. Either they just looked absolutely horrendous, whether they just really needed a good brushing or grooming, or there's nothing about their personality. It's like you want to know something about the dog before you even want to take them out because seeing them in the cage is different than what the personality is outside. And the first dog that I started with was the, I don't even want to look at this dog because he's so ugly. <laughs> and he was just so mad he was there for about six months. And they told me that nobody ever took him out and nobody ever looked at him. And I started working with the dog, and I was using a manicure scissors to remove all the matting from him because he was just from tip to toe, he was just totally matted up. And I spent over three hours with him, and he turned out to be a schnauzer. <laughs>
1: <Really>? <laughs> it's like, you would never
2: know. <laughs> and he was so sweet. I mean, he just sat on my lap. Over three hours just letting me do this to him. He and probably was just I, glad to have the attention. Oh, absolutely. And it felt good to get their masks off and just to be petted. And, and it was a great experience for me, too. I just felt so good inside. And after I left, they actually called me about an hour later because a half an hour after I left, this dog was adopted.
0: Really? Well, congratulations. That must have made <laughs> you it. feel really good.
2: Oh, my God, there is no better feeling, absolutely no better feeling. Apparently, a family was walking by, and the boy saw the dog, fell in love with him right away, and they took him home. And ever since then, I've really worked on, you know, just brushing the dogs and and spending time with them and putting down what their temperament is. And I'm not the only volunteer who does that. All the volunteers do that there.
0: Your desire to help animals carries through now to Cooper's Way, and I'm sure that uh, our audience wouldn't be surprised that you're giving back to the community also. What are some of the ways your company helps shelters and rescues?
2: What we do is we cook up our food trimmings, and we donate them to uh, several local shelters, and any jerky overruns we have. We also donate to the shelters. The first time when I did the food trimming, because we retrim all the meats that we get, even though we get them in trimmed, we retrim it because I want to make sure it's just a pure product, and I want to, I need to know the quality it is completely one hundred percent there. And I'm looking at what we were about to throw out, and I'm like, I can't. How can I throw this out? There's still good meat in here. So we cooked it up, and we gave it to shelters.
0: And it's good nourishment. It's just that as jerky, it wouldn't dry out as well with the fat in it and things like that. Is that what you're saying? Correct.
2: Plus, you know, dogs don't need the fat. I just think the fat would make the product inferior. It would not help with the freshness. And because we don't use any chemicals or additives or preservatives, absolutely nothing, I need to do everything naturally to make sure that I can prolong the shelf life.
0: Well, that's interesting. So about how many pounds (laughs) do you end up uh, taking out to a shelter?
2: Well, let's see. To date, this is 18 months, I'd say we're probably close to about maybe 800 pounds.
0: (laughs) 800 pounds. Wow.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: And are there other ways that uh, you give back as far as through sales or anything?
2: Yes. When uh, we're contacted by different rescues or different shelters, when they're having different fundraisers, we always donate something for their auction, and we supply coupons that they put in their goodie bags for 10% of purchases made by their participants will be donated back to that shelter or rescue.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. Now, I want to ask you also, as far as not just animals, but you have pretty strong feelings about how employees should be treated and how you want your company to grow. Can you talk a little bit about that, Vicky?
2: Yes, I have not been treated very well as an employee by a good number of my employers, and there's no reason for that to occur. I mean, my father was a food broker, and he taught me a lot about business ethics and loyalty and how you treat people, and I was never treated that way. And it's my vow to make sure that people are treated with respect, that they earn a decent living and that I can give back to the community as much as I can. What we actually did for our website, we contacted our local high school, Glenbrook South, and their web design and development class actually did our, they constructed our website for us. They did it for class credit and finished it for final exam. And that was wonderful because, yes, they helped us out tremendously, but the teacher was, Thank you because the kids were so excited about actually working on a real business and making a difference while they were actually learning. So it was a win-win for everybody. And we um, also have our webmaster, who is a graduate of uh, Glenbrook South. He's now in, uh, at Oakton Community College. And he is referred to us by uh, Ms. Memler, who was the instructor at Glenbrook South. And he has continued working on our website for us and updating it. And he is just a wonderful individual. And he's somebody that I don't think others would give a chance to, only because he has cerebral palsy. But I don't see that when I speak with Marcel. Marcel is an amazing, intelligent individual, and he has great ideas, and he is so excited to help us. You know, his heart is just in it completely. And these are the kind of people I want to work with. I myself have fibromyalgia. My hours in the day to work are unfortunately very limited, and I have good days and I have bad days. And I understand this, and I also need to bring in a paycheck. Other people have the same problem, whether they're not able to work full-time or they have, you know, iffy days. There was something on the news yesterday about women who have undergone breast cancer and chemotherapy, and they said the chances of them being able to hold down a job are minimal because they have good days and bad days, and so they cannot guarantee when they can actually work. And I am like, well, these are the kind of people I want because I understand exactly what it's like. You know, you have to work with people. You don't work the people to death, but you have to work with people to make things work, and those are the people that will give you the best bang for their buck because they really are appreciative, and why not help somebody when they can help you back?
0: Well, that's really, really um, a great story. And uh, I think you'd be doing that anyway, but I'm sure your own personal experience has made you even more sensitive to those kinds of things. Absolutely. And um, Vicki, I ask each of my guests this question. With all the human misery in the world,
2: how can you justify
0: spending time, money, and resources on animals?
2: That's it's a really good question, and it's so easy to answer. The reason is, how can you not? You know, with the work that dogs do and how they enrich every aspect of our life, you know, whether they're service dogs, search and rescue, or family pet, how can we not take care of them? You know, they have saved countless lives. They can detect changes in a person's medical condition. They can sniff out contraband. And lately, there's been a couple stories that they're actually in the operating room on top or right next to the person who's being operated on, you know, their owner, so that their owner can get through surgery. It's our responsibility to care for them as they care for us because I cannot imagine a life without dogs. What other Uh. animal can do what they can do? You know, we can't.
0: You know, that's a great answer. And, you know, I can really understand that because that's the whole reason for this radio show is I experienced personally what Max did for me. And then I started thinking about the advocates who, if it hadn't been for them, there wouldn't have been the shelter. I probably never would have found Max, so on and so forth. I think anytime anybody does anything for animals, there's a payback to the human community, either through pleasure, companionship, if it's environmental biologists doing something for animals, it's a, the payback is a better planet or, or something, and I just love your answer. So, can you go over those special programs that you have that help shelters and rescues raise money? Because I think yes. that's important because any time we can, you know, help them because most nonprofits, in fact, all nonprofits are, are always needing money for projects and just to even feed the animals they have.
2: Exactly. By us donating the food trimmings, Gail Donahue, who is the shelter administrator for Orphans of the Storm, has told me several times that the only food some of their sick animals will eat is the trimmings that we donate to them. They said, you know, they could put their medications in there. They're actually eating, especially the animals that come in um, actually starving, but they're at the point where their systems have shut down. They can start them on with the food trimmings, whether it be the chicken or the pork, and get the animals to engage again. And that just makes us feel great. That's why we try and donate to as many shelters as we can because there's just so much. You know, it's almost overwhelming, but every little bit helps. So we do that. We also donate the jerky overruns. And what I do is I just open up some bags or I just go around to uh, the shelter and I go through every single cage. And I break up the jerky and I'm giving it to the dogs. (laughs) It's funny because one of the runs at Orphans has about 100 dogs in there. And when I walk in with the jerky, it's quiet. (laughs) They're all sitting there looking at me, (laughs) waiting for me to get to them.
0: Just drooling. Maybe you know what a zebra feels like when a lion looks at it, then.
2: I know. <laughs> Absolutely. So we do that and we're very, we try and stay as active with as many rescues and shelters as we can. Whenever any of them contact us about the different fundraisers, uh, you know, we're always going to donate an item for their auction to help with their fundraising. And we always include a coupon where we provide a percentage off that will actually be donated back to the shelter or that rescue when the participants purchase something from us.
0: Okay, now, is that a percentage of profit or a percentage of sales?
2: Well, it's a percentage of sales since we really don't have profit. (laughs) (laughs) We're not at the point where we're paying ourselves yet.
0: (laughs) Uh-oh, uh-oh. And now, are you on the store shelf? Yes, we're
2: actually in about 60 stores in the Chicagoland area. We are in Sunset Foods, which has five locations in the North Suburban area. And uh, we're in the more of the independently owned stores, and we're adding stores all the time because we're being contacted by uh, the owners and by uh, the customers. And the customers say, "Could you please, you know, put your product in such and such a store?" It's like, sure. You know, we contact the owner and we work it out so that we are wholesale. But we also have our internet sales, and we do have some things available on our website that are not available in any of the stores. Some gift items.
0: What's your website address?
2: Yeah, our website is www.coopersway.net. So that's C O O P
0: E R S W A Y.
2: Yes, correct. Absolutely. And you could also sign up for our newsletter. On our website, if you would like to stay abreast with what's happening in the canine world. And if you'd like to, you know, we'd love for you to like our Facebook page because we're connected with a lot of shelters and rescues. And our Facebook page is Cooper's Way LLC.
0: Wow. Well, you've certainly been busy in the last two years. I mean, one day you went out to look for jerky treats, and now you have a business going. It's large enough that you 800 pounds of uh, trimmings, I mean, that's a lot of happy dogs at the shelters. I can really imagine it.
2: It is. It is. And it, and it just makes me feel so good that I can give back. With what the dogs can do for me, I can never repay them enough. And for all the workers and all the volunteers, I applaud everybody and anything to make their life easier absolutely we want to help as much as we can and the easiest way to do that is get those dogs adopted out.
0: Again, I think your story is great and it just shows that sometimes we get fixed in our mind we have to have a certain set of skills in order to maybe work or do something for animals but yet here you go and you've channeled your skills into a business that of course you hope will be able to help support you but is also providing a healthy product for animals, and you're also giving back to the communities. That's really great.
2: Thank you. Well, that's the way, you know, that's our tagline, the way it should be. You know, this is the way jerky should be made. This is the way people should be treated. This is the way you do for others. It's the way it should be.
0: And Vicki, you know, the way it should be is time just keeps on going, and I can't believe it. We've run out of time. Thanks for joining us today and sharing with our listeners your amazing story. Max Apooch Pooch thinks you are an awesome animal advocate and gives you five big tail-wagging wolves.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much, Keith. We appreciate
0: it. We want to thank you, our listeners, for spending your valuable time with us. You're all fantastic, and we hope you tell your friends about Awesome Animal Advocates. And a special thanks to Mark Winter, co-founder and executive producer of Pet Life Radio, and our sponsors for making this episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates possible. I'm Keith Sanderson, host and creator of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, saying thank you to all those animal advocates who work so hard on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. Max A. Pooch gives them five big tail-wagging woofs.